<laughs> it should, things should be better once Chase finishes his PhD dissertation. Yes. And once I have finished spending all of my time and energy working on a house. And when my daughter turns 18. <laughs> and when your daughter turns 18. Yeah, just the small things, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja. With me today is Ian Fuchs because Chase Musel has been sucked into the amorphous blob of academia. One day we might see him, but I think we'll have to level up before he can finally defeat that gelatinous cube. <laughs> the gelatinous cube of academia. Yeah, that's. Ba- I mean, that's basically what it is. It sneaks up behind you, and before you know it, uh, it just kind of been sucked you. into its its sticky maw. Yeah. But uh, come Friday afternoon, we get to refer to him as Dr. Musil. Doctor. I've been looking for a good doctor, so I guess uh, I may have found it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, so by the time this episode airs and Chase listens to it, because I assume he does, uh, he'll already be a doctor and already have it, but we got him a Fisher-Price doctor's kit that we will give him as a present for graduating. <laughs> Congratulations on your new Doc McStuffins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So... So Chase isn't here, so I don't know how to so so Chase this right so, now. <laughs> so Chase, I heard that you get a lot of pictures taken of you and your beautiful family. What do you do with all those pictures? Um, so <laughs> a moment of silence for, silence for Chase's response. <laughs> Pour one out for our fallen brother. Um, no, so this topic got brought up um, because Chase's wife actually was saying that she takes like oh over God. a thousand photos a month a month it was uh, like shouldn't you say like 1500 or something like yeah that? it was like 1300 1500 something like that for like the month of march and so like for comparison i checked my phone and as a new dad with a uh at the time six month old like i was at like 111 120 something more somewhere in there over the course of a month and that had been pretty consistent like since our daughter was born like about yeah. 100 photos a month and and that doesn't seem unreasonable and so uh, it was like this idea of like if you take a thousand photos a month, like I, that's do those crazy. Do those photos lose their value? I wonder. So there's a couple things to talk about here. Like on the one hand, it it's not unacceptable to take that many pictures, right? Like if you take a thousand, two thousand, five thousand photos a month, like more power to you, by God. I just can't imagine taking that many pictures of something. And I know for Sarah it was a lot about making sure that she got like pictures where both kids are like smiling and looking at the camera and not looking like the goofy kids that they are, right? Like sure. or, you know. Like, just not looking like a bunch of meatballs and actual children instead. Um, but you're right. On the other hand, like, what do you do with all that? Where do those all go? Well, and, and, and for me, the, the other question was, like, how can you not do cleanup, like, at, with some frequency? Right. Because, like, for me, like, I have times when we're out doing something, and I might take 10 or 15 pictures to try to get one where, you know the the framing looks good or the thing in the background mm-hmm. finally looks right or i actually have the attention of the dog or the baby or my wife whatever <laughs> right. it is it's in the photo like they're finally looking and every everything about the picture seems right but within a few minutes of taking that photo if i'm not you know immersed in something else i'm going through and clearing out the ones that were crap or right. when i decide to post the one that i like or you know send it to to cj or to family or whatever at that point, I'll go through and clear out the ones that I didn't keep. So here's 
here's my perfect example, or my favorite thing in all of UX design, which is that the defaults are what people stick with. And the default is not to automatically clear things out. It's a choice you have to make. And it doesn't matter how simple or easy it is. We talk about this a lot in the argument over portrait versus landscape video. And the default for the vast majority of people is portrait video because that's you know, that's how you hold the phone in your hand. That's how you get to the app, that kind of thing. And uh, even though doing it, quote unquote, right and doing it in landscape mode, all it takes is requiring you to turn your phone 90 degrees. The default is portraits. So that's what people stick with. And so in this case, the default is to not ever think about your photos really in terms of like storage space once you've taken them. It's just you do it and you're done. But but, but I feel like it's it's not just take the photo and you're done because you go back to look at those photos and and in that moment when you're going back to look at the photos you've now taken you're now going back and you have to now sift through you know the 100 photos that you took like think about if every time you went to start your car you had to hunt through 100 keys to find the right key for your car it would take you one time of doing that before you throw out the other 99 keys and you go i don't need any of these because these are all these are all garbage. These are all not not as or, it seems, or at least you move them somewhere else. Like maybe it you seems to be suggesting there's a better way than just sifting through my huge bag of keys every time I have to go to work. And I think that's total madness. But uh, like, do, like, do you actually go back and look at old photos? Like, I cannot remember the last time I looked at a photo I took from a year ago, except for like when Facebook knocked it up on my feed for me. Um, I go back. I, part of it, you know, is is the whole new dad thing. Like I'm going back and looking at photos a lot more often than I sure. used to, um, but but even at that, that's even more reason for me to go out and clear out the old stuff. Is if I'm not going to go back and revisit a lot of these photos, then they're just taking up tons and tons and tons of space that I'm not gonna like. They're just you know they're chewing up space that I don't need to have chewed up by photos. Like there's, but, but does it matter if you can just go get infinite space for five dollars a month or whatever? Like then that just sort of becomes a cost that fades into the background along with everything else, and you don't have to think about it. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying like it's a possibility. I mean, for for me, it's it all goes back to when I started taking photos with digital. Like you were still limited on space, right? Mm-hmm. Like. The SD card that I had in my first camera was, I think, 128 meg. And it was the size of a quarter. No, well, it was compact flash, so it was actually bigger than a quarter. <laughs> um, but you could you could store, what, 60 pictures on it, 80 pictures right. on it, something like that. So I always had to be con- conscious. Conscience. Conscious? Conscious. Conscious. Wow. Your conscience is the little voice in your head that talks to right. you and tells you not to do things. Yeah. So my conscience told me to be... <laughs> proactive about deleting photos. proactive about <laughs> deleting photos that i didn't need um so i went i would go through every so often and clear out the photos i didn't need or move uh-huh. them off to something else and so so that's where the other the other part of this comes in is if you're the type of person who takes a hundred photos in a, a burst right you need to be offloading those photos more frequently somewhere else i don't think you do though i would think but I mean, if you can, if you don't, if you, if you, if storage never becomes an issue for you, you never do. And in Sarah's case, the only reason why she ever had to go down and think about it was because she had an issue where she needed a new phone and she had to transfer the photos over there. She had to back them up. Right. Um, I think in day to day, like just nobody thinks about it because there's no reason for them to, to, to do it. Right. Unless you're doing something else with the photos, like offloading them. And when I mean, it's offloading, I mean like putting them in a different place. I, I, I think that. It, and obviously this is an iOS thing. Like the incarnation of the Photos app on iOS specifically right now 
is not conducive for massive libraries of redundant photos because there's not a really, really easy right. way to see which photo is which right. short of like going through and marking one as a favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, they're working on that, right? Because you have like that search for items in photos now. Right. But, but, the, but that application that was search, designed before anybody had a concept that, that people would take that many photos with their phone. Right. But, but even at that, if, if you take 100 pictures in one situation and you do the search, you're still mm-hmm. going to get all 100 photos. Like, how do you uh, now yeah, yeah, know yeah, right. which one the good one is? So then it's the issue of, like, either <laughs> the software... algorithmically tell right, what the good Either the is. software has to get better and figure out which one the good one is, or right. you do things like burst mode, which is kind of a workaround for this, where burst mode will automatically pick the one where the most of the photo is in focus. That's a good way At to do least. It. And you can tell algorithmically when something is in focus. Right. So, so it can go through right away and say, like, this is the one that's in focus. And so it'll mark it at, as, like, a possible favorite. And then you can go in even at that and say, this is the one I want to keep. And then when you say done, it'll ask, do you want to get rid of the rest of this to free mm-hmm. up space? And, and the number of people, and the only reason that I even bring up, like, purging photos is the number of people that I've had come to me and they don't understand iCloud storage versus device storage. Mm-hmm. A lot of people buy it goes out of the way to make it transparent and hard to tell the difference. Right. Well, because your photos live in both places. Right. And, and people are cheap. So they buy the 16 gigabyte phone instead of the 64 gigabyte phone. And so they end up with not enough space. And then they don't want to pay the dollar a month or $3 a month or $5 a month or whatever it is for the different storage tiers. They have their five gig and that's enough, you know, supposedly. And then all of a sudden they're like, I took a hundred photos in this one situation. And now I don't have any space on my phone and I don't know where to put these photos and I can't back them up to iCloud because there's not enough space there. And it's like in this situation, go through and clear out the ones that you don't care about. The ones that people, aren't the good ones. People that don't know how to do that or they're not motivated to do it. So they go to, they take it to the genius bar and they tell them the same thing. And then it becomes this whole thing where like, well, why didn't this happen in the first place? Blah, blah, blah. I think a good solution to this problem is a proactive design where if the phone detects that you were using, like, you're running out of storage space and the majority of it is through photos. It starts asking you from the oldest photos, like you still want to keep this. Do you want to keep these things? Do you want to keep these and delete it. But I think the problem you run into with a lot of this is not only is it something you have to go out of the way to do it, deleting photos, but it also is bumps right up to the concept of loss aversion, which is that humans are really, really, really unhappy about losing something, even if it's a net gain or something like that. Uh, and so deleting a photo it totally triggers this response in everybody, myself included, uh, that, uh, like you see the thing and you're like, Oh, I don't want to lose this. What if I want to look at it later? What if I want it later? Uh, and you never do like ever, but, uh, it's, it's a, just something that we have in our brains and makes it very hard for us to deal with. Right. So, so the mentality there is get all of the photos mm-hmm. and then keep all of the photos. Mm-hmm. Because heaven forbid you delete the delete one, and then later on decide that one where the one thing happened, even though it wasn't what I was shooting for, actually ends up being the cuter photo, or right. there's something about that photo that you want. So, so and I understand that, which is uh, not to like bag on Apple. This is why people in the tech space complain up and down that the five gigs of iCloud storage is absolutely ridiculous. Like, yep, I agree. You, but you're not going to change it. I think at some point they might. But that aside, like the the frictionless and transparent way that the iCloud photo library will back up at night when you plug your phone in, as long as you're on Wi-Fi, automatically backs up the photos to iCloud. Then it's not an issue because 
the way that the Photos app is built is will it will actually purge the local version of mm-hmm. or the high res local version of a photo to make space on your device while keeping the original up in the cloud. Or mm-hmm. you can do what I do and what I think you do, and I know what Chase does, which is back up to Google Photos. No, I don't use Google Photos. Oh, okay. So, um, well, at least it's Chase huge privacy is, implications to me. Yeah, I'm willing to, to let it go. But, but the idea there is I open the Google Photos app. I, I try to make it a good practice. Like once a week, open the app, and then everything, everything gets backed up. And then at that point, I can go through and I can purge things on my phone, especially like videos that take up a lot of space and know that they're backed up on the server. So there's the inherent flaw of Google Photos. You have to open it, right? You just want it to operate in the background. Right. And, and I also do use the iCloud photo library, uh, whatever. But as far as I can tell, there is not a way within that to delete just the local copy and keep... Yeah, I don't know about that. It's like So I can go in... like. A video is a really good example. Like it will stay locally for some amount of time, and then at some point the device decides you haven't looked at this in a long time. Free up this space, mm-hmm. or you're low on space, so free up this space and and push it off to the cloud. And so, and Google Photos pro- allows me to have two completely detached copies of the photo: one on my device, one in the cloud. If I delete the cloud version, I keep the one mm-hmm. on my device. Vice mm-hmm. versa is also true. The bigger issue for me is like the phones, the, the photos aren't doing anything sitting on my phone. And I think that's true for a lot of people. They just, they exist and they do nothing. They're just on your phone. Um, which really makes me question the value of taking a photo at all. Um, like why bother? When was the last time you went and cracked open a photo album or went and looked at old pictures? It's easy to convert a digital photo into something analog, right? There's lots of services to do that. I think a popular one right now is Artifact Uprising. But when was the last time you actually had a photo album made out of stuff from your old photos and you went back and looked at them a photo album or any sort of print version that just doesn't exist on your your fridge we and maybe that's the right place for it we to have the photos sit on your fridge because then you see them every day and you're reminded of them we print photos uh roughly once a month what do you do with them just as as practice we hang them at our desk our desks on your desk and you, they, you cycle them out and for, for me it's again it's all goes back to like once you have a kid like People want to see pictures of the kid. You want to see your baby because you don't get mm-hmm. to see them very often, especially mm-hmm. during the work week. Like, I'm gone for 40-plus hours a week, and she sits at home. And then, you know, I get a few hours with her in the evening and maybe a half hour in the morning, and, mm-hmm. and that's about it. So to have pictures at my desk to see her little smiling face or her doing her goofy whatever thing is mm-hmm. is adorable. So we print pictures uh, once a month, and, I yeah, I go through, and I'm, like, every month we take the, you know, the x months old photo and i swap mm-hmm. out whatever's there with the new month and then sometimes i add pictures other times i replace pictures um and so that's, then, that's really cool because that's a like you're getting a good use out of that and if if that works for you then having the physical version is what actually makes taking all these things useful but then you know there's the added expense of uh printing the photos but now at least they're not just sitting in isolation on your phone the whole time right oh and I, but i also i do go back and i look at old photos uh because unlike some people, I don't upload every photo to the internet. Right, right. So I I do go back with some regularity and just look through old photos and like, you know, killing time. And a lot of times it's, I go into my photos app just to clear out 
junk that's acquired. You know, mm-hmm. I took a picture of this at a store to send to somebody quick or whatever. So I go and delete mm-hmm. that. Or I took a screenshot of this or that at the other, you know, to post in Slack or whatever it is. And I clear out that stuff. And as I'm going through all of this, I end up looking at old photos. Um, or like the other day I had lunch with a former coworker who retired and he didn't know that I had had a kid. So I was mm-hmm. showing him pictures like all the way back from, you know, her birth basically. And so I, I do go back and look at pictures digitally. Um, and, and we also do a lot of stuff with, with our family with, uh, iCloud photo sharing, which is a big part of it for us too. Is like, we have the Apple TV at, uh, CJ's dad's house set up to use our, uh, uh an iCloud family album or iCloud shared album mm-hmm. specifically for his screensaver. And then all of, our family on both sides has access to a shared album that we put pictures of us and the baby in just as a way to share with family without posting everything on the internet. So for us, we, we do use photos beyond just take the picture and have it live on our device. Is, is it a bummer that uh, photos then sort of become part of the background music of your life? And I use music on purpose here because for, that's sort of a bummer for me too, that like, you know, these are artists who are putting a lot of time and effort and money into making an artistic vision. And then to me, the music then just becomes part of the background noise of my life. Like it's something I have on so that my house isn't like eerily silent except for me squeaking up the stairs. Um, and I feel like in a lot of ways, printing photos and having them around as opposed to being a task or, or something you go and do purposefully it, does that strip some of the meaning from them? So now it becomes like the wallpaper of your life instead of the point of your life. I think that I, I've always been uh, of the mindset that like taking a photo is capturing the moment or capturing a memory. So it doesn't have to be uh, about, hmm. it doesn't have to be about whether it's the wallpaper or whatever. It's, it's a way to tangibly, even if it is in bits and bytes, tangibly document some piece of life that happened. And, and so t- to me it has, more value than wallpaper, which is just decoration. Now on the flip side, sometimes printing the photo is kind of just the, this is just the decoration, the wallpaper, the, mm-hmm. the thing to look at while I'm sitting here. But to me, the taking of the photo, I think sometimes is the more meaningful part. But again, I don't take a hundred pictures in a sitting of one thing. Like I'm mm-hmm. usually like capture the moment. It may not be a great photo. It may not even be a good photo, but I captured that moment, and so there's value to it. That moment already exists in your brain. What's the purpose of then taking a photo of it? For me, I find a lot of what I take pictures of are not to capture the moment for like some external memory or anything. It's to share it with other people who couldn't be there if, if I'm not doing it for artistic reasons. Well, that's, and that's certainly part of it. Like I said, the, the moment that I'm capturing, especially if it goes in these family shared albums and stuff like that, is I'm capturing the moment so that I can then share it with my family. But at the same time, like after having gone through, you know, nine months of pregnancy with CJ, like seeing how much of that whole experience she's already forgotten about little details, stuff like that. Like your brain is really good at like remembering bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so by taking the photo of something to capture that memory, you're ingraining it, in your 
in yourself a little more, but also saving it for when you go back and revisit it. Like you think, Oh, well, I remember that time in Las Vegas when this happened. And it's like, but where was that again? I don't remember. And so I can pull up the photo of it and be like, Oh, that's right. That was at Caesar's palace. Like you might remember pieces and it might, I mean, it's people have been taking photos for a long time. There's gotta be a reason, right? It's, it's not just, it's not just to to share. It's not just to share with your friends because, because the idea of taking photos to share with your friends and especially in the way that it's done now is modern. But people have been taking photos for a long time to save, to look back on, to remember, you know, that's been going on since the dawn of photography. I mean, I would argue that photography has been around for so long with the intent, intent purpose of sharing. And it's only in the modern, I would say since the development of the instant camera, basically, that it's been something that has been a low enough barrier to entry that it can be something that the average person can use as a keepsake. Um, I, and I think it's in only very recently that we've started taking a lot of photos with the intent or the express purpose of documenting our lives because now it's finally – the cost of that is low enough that it's actually something that everyone can do. Um, I, and I know – I don't want to say that one is – that's a bad thing because I don't necessarily know if it is. It's just a different way of using photography and I think any evolution of technology like that is an interesting and good one. Um, but I don't th- – I think that's a pretty recent phenomenon. I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I think most people are... The idea of, of documenting so that you can have it for later seems strange and new to me. Um, for, I mean, there's, so there's the, the... A lot of people, you know, back in the day, used to write journals and that kind of thing because they just didn't have access to a camera to take a photo with. But I think also it was... To, I mean, you didn't... You wrote a journal so you keep track of your thoughts, but you would write a letter to somebody explaining what you did somewhere. Right, and but, I think photography but, has sort of taken the place of that. That idea, right there, the fact that people would keep a journal, keep a diary, keep whatever. Why wasn't the memory good enough? It's a good so, question. I don't know. So, so it's the exact same thing. It's just that now the the photo, which is worth allegedly ten thousand words, <laughs> has taken the place of the diary, whatever. <laughs> Unless an inflation has got to it. Uh, inflation has gotten to it, and usually you take ten photos, and then you keep one of them. <laughs> <laughs> or a hundred photos. So I've done a one photo shoot is worth a hundred thousand words. God. Um, sorry, Sarah. Um, but the, the idea that, that people have been documenting or capturing bits of their life in some way for literally centuries, mm-hmm. the photo was just a modern way of doing that. And, and now it's even gone beyond that. It's, it's moved from photos. It's already shifting into video where people are, recording vlogs or whatever to capture their thoughts where they can say the thing and capture it in their own voice and capture it in that inflection. And, and so it's, or or they're, they're periscoping or whatever to, to share their thoughts. Like they're doing these things now where they're moving even further away from written word and more visual to share a thought or experience. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Dronies. Uh, drone video selfies. It's a cool idea. I, th- I think. Maybe it's not. I can't really tell. It might be dumb. I don't know. If you're into drones, I guess that's a topic for another day. Yeah, it is, a drone is a whole different thing. I think a drone is interesting. So just to explain for those who are not on the ball vis-a-vis our show notes, um, 
A drony is a video selfie that starts with you in uh, a close-up of the person operating the drone and then zooms way out away from them. Um, I don't know. There's been a lot of hot takes and think pieces written about selfies and that kind of thing. But I think this is interesting and cool because, first of all, there's the motion involved and it's just neat watching this thing zoom out. But it also is this kind of, like it's further sharing where you are and what you're doing. So instead of just being a picture where it's your face filling the frame, it's like a picture of the face filling the frame. Like, hello, it's me. I'm sharing this with you. And then also zooms out and like, look at this place that I am. Right. But again, that, that all still feeds into the same thing of like, whether it, because I, I have a friend who does drone photography as a hobby and he has lots of those pictures, but he's not taking them to share or those video clips. He's taking them because he just thinks it's cool to, to see and so in that sense, it's like, oh, I got to go to this castle in Scotland and mm-hmm. take a video of myself, you know, standing at the front door of this castle. Like it, it, it looks great, but it's, it, he didn't post it on Instagram. He didn't post it on Facebook. Like right. he was telling me about it. Like, okay, that's super cool. So I, so, I think it, it's all a matter of like, whether you choose to share how you choose to share or not share, I don't think plays into the, the validity of the photos. I think the, the, Oh, the, I agree. I want to be clear. I don't think they're taking photos for it. As long as you're taking pictures, it's great. Like there's no right or wrong way to do it except, well, photos, no video. There's a right and wrong way. <laughs> um, That's an insane but the, uh, grudge you have against it. It's terrible. Um, but the, the thing that I think is, is interesting is thinking of, the the inherent value of one photo in the modern era versus one photo 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago um where you know you used to get your disposable camera when you went on a school trip or something and you got mm-hmm. what 18 shots or something like that or 24 shots on a a roll of film in that and like you were super sparing about what you took pictures of. And mm-hmm. once you were out of shots, you were out of shots, period. And so each one of those pictures had a lot more meaning to you than, you know, I went to X place and we went downtown Chicago and I took like 70 pictures in 30 minutes plus a bunch of video. Like, did any of, are any of those pictures as valuable as maybe the one picture I would have taken with a disposable camera, like, and obviously like personal value is hard to judge because everyone has their own take on what a picture is worth to them. But I think it's an interesting way to look at this and compare where we are now to where we were. You know, where we were for a long time was, this got me thinking about silhouettes and, uh, funny story about that. Silhouettes, uh, are especially cameos, you know, where they cut the profile of your face. Um, those were named after a French politician who had a reputation for being cheap and unwilling to spend money. Um, and the, the etymology is that because silhouettes were for were, were, were commissioned by families who couldn't afford to get fancy portraits painted of themselves, they would go and get silhouettes painted instead, or cut for them instead. Um, so we've been doing this for a long time because there was a cheap way of representing... I don't know, like... I. I I do it, but I don't know why I do it, which kind of drives me crazy. Like taking a picture of myself or my family, then hanging it on the wall of my house. I just like, I guess it makes me feel good. But then it also makes me feel weird that I'm like taking these experiences of my life and then sort of 
what feels like cheapening them, making them the background of my life as opposed to something that I sit down and do. But also like every time I've sat down and looked at a photo album, I've dreaded it beforehand and really enjoyed it afterwards. So maybe there's just something broken inside of me. I think that sometimes you get it in your head that, that a, a, something that hangs on the wall has less value because it's just a thing hanging on the wall. It's just decoration. It, it doesn't have an inherent meaning because because there's there's so yeah. much art that people put around their houses and stuff like that 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 is just decoration. It's filler, so you don't look at a bare white wall or mm-hmm. bare mm-hmm. beige wall or whatever color. But I don't and, know how I feel about like my memories and my art for whatever it's worth just being filler. But that's what I'm saying. This it's I think you think of it as filler until you actually have it. Now now where it does get out of hand is like I think of my parents' fridge when I was a kid. And they used to hang every picture ever on the fridge. And then mm-hmm. I feel like, every, again, it's that whole idea of like when no one piece is special or stands out, mm-hmm. they all kind of are less meaningful. So I think mm-hmm. if you had a picture from your wedding and you hung that on the wall, that doesn't make or cheapen the the experience of your wedding or the photo or anything like that. And it doesn't make make the photo less valuable i think it's almost like memorializing that experience and immortalizing your relationship like a little bit yeah sure. so so i think it, it all depends on the value and the meaning of the photo just like if you took a picture that was super artistic when you were in uh india for that wedding like uh-huh. there's there's nothing wrong with if you had a super cool picture printing that out and hanging it on your wall like yes it's one of your memories but it's also a cool piece of art but at the same time, it's kind of a reminder of that trip. So then you see that picture and you think of the good times you had on that trip. So it's that whole idea of like the picture is tied to the memories, which gives you the good feels, which makes it I valuable. I would never hang one of my own photos uh, on the wall. Would you hang one of mine? Yeah, totally. But one of mine, hanging my own photo feels like deeply narcissistic to me in a way that says like, look at this. I think this is a really good picture that I took. And not only is it good, it's good enough to hang on the wall. It belongs in a museum, but I'm just going to hang it on my wall here in the meantime. So I think, I think that's the difference. I think that being proud of your own photo or enjoying your own photo mm-hmm. makes it totally acceptable to hang on your own wall. Because it's your, it's your work. It's your thing that you're proud of or that you mm-hmm. enjoyed. Mm-hmm that you get to put on the wall hmm. versus for, for you to hang someone else's art is, is giving credit to that piece of art or some, someone else's photo is giving credit to that photo that may not be as valuable to you because the memory, the emotion isn't tied to the photo. It, it is just a piece of art. Now the, I, the so exception there is, is when it's a photo of you taken by someone else, <laughs> which then kind of gets into that weird area of like, you are the thing of value in the photo. I do have a caricature of Taylor and myself. We have it hanging in the wall. But I think where I disagree with that is the idea that... Um, so, uh, let me see. Let me phrase this right. It's an internal value versus an external value. So, when I hang art that someone else has made on the wall, it's an external value that I have applied to it. So, it's something that, like I said, I like this. I want this artist to continue producing this thing. Uh, so I'm going to pay them, and because I like it so much, and I feel like it reflects an of an, one of my internal values, I'm going to hang it on the wall. As opposed, but it's it's still that external thing where I've projected my internal values onto something externally. Whereas if it's something that I've made myself and I put it on the wall, it 
feels very internal where it, it sort of reaffirms my own internal narrative that I am important and valuable, especially if I put it up with things that are that someone else has made that I've already applied that value to. Cause it's sort of, it, it feels more authentic to me that somebody else has done it. Cause it's me saying like, yes, their work has value to me, uh, which is not, not everything does versus something that I've made, which is like saying that my work has value to me, which of course it does. If it didn't, why would I make it? Do you see where I'm getting with that? Right. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about, uh, uh, digital photo frames? I, I've seen them a couple times. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. Is it the image quality or is it the concept? Um, I, I think for me, the, the big thing I haven't liked about them is, uh, A, usually the interface is pretty horrible. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and, I hate those and USB interfaces. B, usually it's it's not great quality. My grandparents have one. I think it's a Polaroid one. And you can like send an email to this special account and it shows oh. up on the photo frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you just you attach the image and it somehow works except that you always have these issues where like the frame is, you know, set up, uh, mm-hmm. vertically and the photo is a portrait sh- photo. And so then that, or uh, landscape, right, fo- right. whatever that whole it's thing is bad. Yeah. Um, so there's this guy, Clay Bavor, Bavor, Bavor. I don't really know how to pronounce his last name, but there's been like in the show notes and he made this really cool, uh, a digital canvas with basically taking a 5k iMac, sticking it in his wall and putting a frame on top. That's cheap. Yeah. Or right. Uh, those rich Google engineers, but he did some really cool work with it so that, um, it, it, does, it doesn't look like it glows cause it matches its color temperature and brightness to the surrounding room. Um, it, the light and everything like that. Um, and because it has such a high resolution screen, it looks almost indistinguishable, especially at like normal viewing distance from a printed piece of art. And I think this is a expensive, but really cool idea. Um, but I like the idea that you could have this be something or any, you know, good digital photo frame in your house, be something that exists in your house. And you can just have like pull from your Instagram feed or from like, like the, your back things on Facebook or something like that. And that people can contribute to because like, I mean, it is the sort of the promise of a digital photo frame, right? Like now you can share with people in your house and you could wake up in the morning and you go over there and look, I've got this new photo from my friends that are vacationing somewhere that they sent specifically so we could see it in our house. Like that's a really cool idea. Right. But then it's the sharing. It's not the display or memories or anything like that. But I, but I think that that totally depends. Like if, if it's pulling off of your own feed of your own photos, That's it true. is displaying your. So it's it's all a matter of what you're displaying. But I also think there's no no no. no. Yeah, like I disagree with you. It's not memories. It's sharing experiences from the past. However you want to, <laughs> however you want to define it. Um, it's it's this whole idea that that a picture is to the person looking at it a different thing mm-hmm. for everyone, and and whether that's reincarnated in a crappy LCD display that looks like it's ripped out of 1997 Mm -hmm. or it's a 5k IMAX display. Like the picture and the feeling, the emotion, the whatever that goes along with it, I think is, is the important part. And using a, a giant display hanging on your wall doesn't, 
doesn't add anything to the photo other than the ability to dynamically change it without taking it off the wall or having to go to Walgreens or wherever to to print a new version of it. It's still just a photo hanging on the wall. It's just that now you can press a button and change the photo instead of physically changing the photo. Actually, the best use for this is not having to press a button to do it. It's the concept that uh, it could just like have a camera on it and it could tell when you're looking at it. And when you look away and look back, it's changed the photo on you. Or as as we've joked about many times in the past, mom, grandma, whoever comes to the house, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it automatically changes the photo that was the photo of yeah, your know, yeah, vacation yeah. in Paris to a photo of the whole family hanging on. What the are wall. you planning about my vacations to Paris that my grandma wouldn't want to see what goes on during them? I I don't it, know. I just I completely forgot you went to Paris actually. <laughs> Um, I was like the idea of like having a haunted house made out of these. So like the portraits could actually make eye contact with you and follow you around the room. Right. Like not just that feeling like things followed you, but things right. actually followed you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so tap as well. Yeah. So photos are, are meaningful to everyone in except different ways. For, except for me. Cause I'm a broken man. And, and that the more photos you take with your iPhone, the less value any one of those has uh, potentially in an emotional sense, but they all have value in a digital space consuming sense. And for me, that's the part that I have a hard time with until you pick one or two or three or whatever. But like if you, if you, right. Okay. I just instantly made your argument for you by saying like five or six or seven or eight. And then they all start to lose value a little bit. You have to pick one. That's the only way to have any value. One. One for each each event. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I suppose you'll find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 52. While you're there, find links to all our social things. And as always, we'll be back next Monday. I shouldn't say as always anymore. I can no longer say that. Uh, well, in theory, we'll be back next Monday and every Monday. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know, like a millennial. This 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 uh, this podcast has a lifespan. I don't know what it is, but it's got a lifespan. At some point, we're gonna have to just stop. Oh, then I'm gonna start a vlog. Oh God, I, I watch that vlog to share all my thoughts, all my things. Your handsome thoughts. <laughs> I started watching Casey Neistat videos. Makes me feel like my life is so uninteresting, even though he's never doing anything. In, or not, I shouldn't say never. So many of his videos, he's not doing anything exciting other than like sitting in his workshop, like fixing something and i'm like how do you make 12 minutes of that seem so compelling if you made videos like that i would like to watch them more than casey and i because like i said we desperately need some handsome handsome vlogsters